Hey guys, Gina here. Before we hop into this episode, I just wanted to give you the opportunity to speak into season five of the Sacred Space podcast. This is the last episode of season four. I'm really excited. I've got some things lined up for season five, but I want to hear from you. What kind of things do you want to hear? What kind of conversations as we talk about healthy, intimate relationship with God, ourselves, and each other, what things have been resonating with you? Are there any guests that you would love to be on the show? Any of those things, I would just love to get feedback from you. So in the episode notes, go down there. There's a link that you can click on to take a quick little survey that will just give us some feedback and you never know. Your ideas may show up in the next season of The Sacred Space. Hey everyone, welcome to The Sacred Space Podcast. My name is Gina Stockton and I am so excited that you have joined me. And today I have a very special guest. Zaria Zachary is joining me today and I actually met her for the first time as we were having our interview. Zaria is a joy. She is an amazing anointed worship leader in Lubbock, Texas. She's the newest member of the Bethel Music Collective, and she is an incredible example of just obedience at such a young age, really being willing to hear what God is speaking to her and to trust Him and take pretty significant steps of obedience and allowing the Lord to meet her there and lead her into places she never would have imagined or dreamed. And so I really hope that you listen, listen to her journey and be encouraged, be challenged. Uh, I think you're really going to enjoy this conversation. So sit back, relax, and enjoy your time in the sacred space. Well, Zaria, welcome to Sacred Space Podcast. I appreciate you being here and taking the time. We're meeting for the first time. I know. This is wild. A mutual friend, Nikki Rice, who actually helps me and works with Stockton Ministries a little bit, connected us. You, She met you when she was on a mission trip to Texas. Uh-huh. You are a worship leader in Lubbock, Texas. Yes, I am. Right? Yes. Uh, what church are you at there? I'm at Church on the Rock. Okay. In Lubbock, Great. Texas. Great. Yeah. And you're also a Bethel worship artist. You recently signed with Bethel. Yes, so you're on their yes. latest um, project, which we'll talk about that. Um, I got a chance to listen to, I stalked you a little bit. I already told you that. So I went and listened to another podcast and stuff. And I, there's some pieces of your story that I just really um, were really fun. So yeah, wherever you want to start, I would love just to hear, you know, where'd you come from? Did you, were you raised in a Christian home? Like kind of that journey. And then we'll get to the ministry stuff at some point, but yeah, wherever you want to start. Awesome. Well, I'm from spring Texas, which is like North Houston area. Um, and, uh, my mom on on her own raised me. I'm an only child, uh, which is (laughs) so fun. And, So I grew up in private school, like from the time I was like a baby all the way up until high school, the Lord's kind of showing me the beauty of it, of like, I went to Lutheran school Hmm. while also going to a Pentecostal, predominantly African-American church. Wow. That's awesome. We got a Lutheran school and then going to, and it was like, 
so jarring of like that's amazing whiplash yeah it's like we're playing handbells over here singing hymns doing all the things and then at my other church there's like anointing oil flying everywhere and like people running in circles around the sanctuary speaking in tongues like two totally different oh my gosh uh but I like am now seeing like the beauty of it because like yeah it's like the Lord has literally cultivated my heart to like see the church. Yeah. So good. Which is super cool. Uh, so I did that and then I went to high school and I played basketball for 10 years. And so I did basketball like all throughout high school. That was like my thing. Um, and then my like sophomore junior year of high school, I basically had a knee injury and it ended up, man, yeah, it was wild. I wanted to play in college and everything. And um, after that knee injury, I like was like, whoa, like, what am I actually doing? And so then after that, I kind of uh, took a turn towards choir, which is super funny. Nice. And I basically like gave my all to choir from then on. Yes. Uh, and that kind of started like um, the journey of music becoming a huge, huge part of my life. I had always played, I played piano since I was like six, took lessons, did all the things. Yeah. Um, by that time it like was my life. Hmm. Um, like I would go to school, do music and then come home and do music. And the Lord's worked through all of that evidently. But, uh, so that's (laughs) where that kind of started after high school. I was super determined. I was like, I've been, I've always been an all or nothing kid. Like, yeah. um, my mom told me I learned how to tie my shoe at the age of two because I was <laughs> relentless. That's awesome. Like I'm doing this. Uh, like she would come into my room and like, find me trying to tie my shoe in the middle of the night. And she was like, That's what awesome. are you doing? And of high school, I was like, okay, well, I am going to be successful. Mm-hmm. And success to me looked like finances and like money and things like yeah. that. And I was like, I'm going to be successful. And so I was like, I'm going to go be a lawyer. Uh, <laughs> and so, and I was like, but I don't want to be a boring lawyer. So I'm going to be an entertainment yes. attorney. Nice. Because I was like, I could do music right. and I could still like do whatever. And so I went to Texas Tech for four years and I graduated back in 2020. At the start of COVID is, was when my senior year was starting. Wow. By the time I, when I first started going to college, I told myself, um, I'm going to solely focus on school. Like I'm done with music. I'm Mm -hmm. putting it aside because I have to focus on my like academics. I'm going to get this done. Yeah. Um, and that came and bit me in the butt for sure. (laughs) Because up until that point, I had never worship led in my life. Mm -hmm. I had been in choir and done things like that, but never like actually me worship leading in front of, you yeah. know, in a church setting. Um, and cause I was like, there's no way I can do that. Like that was my mindset of like, yeah, I am not, I can't, I'm not good enough for that. And so, mm-hmm. um, my freshman year of college who, one of my best friends, her name is Taylor, who's still one of my good friends now it was my first time meeting her. And I went to this college ministry thing and she was like, have you ever like thought of worship leading? <laughs> and I was like, no, never in my life. No. And for like four months, she kept pursuing it. Like she was like, I think that you should like do this. I think you should like uh, try out for this. Like you should do this. And I was like, I finally caved. 
And Interesting. I was like, Fine. What, uh, what was it that, like you said, I don't think it, I was qualified. In what way? Yeah. Like, like, why did you think you weren't qualified? I just had this mindset of like people who are like worship leaders and pastors mm-hmm. have reached like a new level of holiness. Like, <laughs> right. you know, like it, yeah. Like being younger, I was like, oh, I could never like lead people. I could never do that. Cause I'm like, they like know God in this profound way that I don't. That I'm so glad you say that because I think we've so created that culture in the Western evangelical world that, Uh that, that the people on stage, the pastor, the guy who's teaching, the person who's leading worship, that they somehow have attained some sort of intimacy with Jesus that's so much higher. And so I tend to, I can abdicate, right. I can abdicate my authority, my, my relationship with God, my spiritual maturity, all of that. And it's, and so much of the church is just kind of sitting back feeling like, well, I, I I don't have purpose. I can't do that. Like even prayer, like, well, I can't pray like they can. So I'm not going to pray for people. I can't, you know, and oh my gosh, I feel like we're in a season where the Lord is calling his bride. He's calling his sons and daughters up. Like, no, I love you. I've gifted you. Like Uh stand and believe the things that I've placed in you. It's so funny. Two weeks ago, the Lord like ripped out something out of my heart that I had been cultivating. That was terrible Hmm. for so long. And it was actually physically painful of like, Oh, I can't believe I've been doing this. I'm mm. so sorry. And the Lord just showed me. Um, he said, it's okay to look at other people's gardens and the things that they've cultivated and admire those things. Yeah. And take those things and be like, oh, I want my garden to like be that fruitful. So I'm gonna like take and learn from what they've done yeah. and apply that to my life as well, you know. But yeah. he was like, What you've been doing is comparing. Mm. your garden, telling, yelling at it, telling it to grow faster. Wow. Um, and actually like cursing it versus like being so proud of like, Lord, look what we have done so far. Yeah. It shifted my mindset from that place of like, Oh, they're doing, they're so much better than I am. So like, I'm not worthy versus like, wow, look at what the Lord's done in their life. Yeah. And I know he's, he'll do the same for me and maybe even greater because it only gets better through every generation, right? Like, yeah, that's how it's supposed to be. And so, yeah, he's definitely shifted my mindset from that place of like, I'm not worthy. I can't do this. So yeah, it's good. So senior year going into COVID, you put music aside Yeah, and then you had your friend who was like, Hey, yeah, I should think about this, uh-huh. you know? She was like, you should think about this. And I was like, oh, and I finally just caved. And I was like, fine. It was so funny uh, because I knew nothing about like the contemporary Christian music world. Mm-hmm. Since I grew up in like, it was either hymns or gospel music. It was yeah. like no other. And so uh, this church did like contemporary Christian music. And so my first like introduction was um, Alive in You by Kim Walker Smith. Yeah. And uh, Forever by Gary Chope. Those are the two songs that uh, I had first started leading. And I was like, there's this whole new world out here. Mm. Like, that I knew nothing about, which that just started like this whole um, journey of like learning songs that I never knew, but then also like learning like, oh, like how do I worship lead? Because it's not just about me sounding good. 
you know, like Mm -hmm. I was like, wow, like there's a whole new world that I'm literally diving headfirst into. So from like, like freshman, sophomore year of college on, I had kind of just like taken this deep dive into like, what is worship leading? Like, what does this look like? asking, literally learning from and asking questions from everyone I knew. Yeah. So I had no clue what I'm doing. Um, and so by the time I reached my sophomore year of college, one day, um, I was walking to class and the Lord was like, I want you to do worship with your life. Like, I don't want this to just be like something that you do on the side on a Sunday. He was like, I want like this to be your life. And I was like, there's no way I'm supposed to go to law school. Like, (laughs) <laughs> this is the plan. And he's like, no, which it's so funny. Cause at the time I didn't really realize that it was the Lord talking to me. Yeah. It was kind of like this, like overwhelming feeling that I had of like, ah, oh, this is what I'm supposed to be doing. So I literally call my mom and I'm like, Hey, I'm, Hey mom, how's it going? So literally, like, <laughs> I remember the exact spot on campus that I did this. Like it, it was hilarious. I was like, okay, mom, like I am not going to go to law school anymore. I'm still going to finish school, but like, I'm going to do worship. And my mom's like, what? Like <laughs> this was not on our radar, like at all. Uh, and I was like, yeah, I don't know how this is going to happen. I don't know what, but I really feel like I'm supposed to do this with my life. And my mom just was like, well, we'll figure it out. Like, We'll talk. She's like, just finish college. Like, I know the Lord's going to take care of you. Like, yeah. And so, uh, that really began the journey of like this huge, uh, I don't think I'd ever trusted the Lord that much Hmm. until like that moment of like, whoa, I'm not just trusting you with like moments of my life, but I'm like trusting you like with my life and with God. So that's kind of uh, where worship leading started for me um, Mm -hmm. was like in college, basically, which wasn't that long ago. So, wow. How did you reconcile that first, you know, you're, you finally caved, you Mm -hmm. audition, and then you're leading these songs and, you know, you still have this thing in the back of your mind, like, well, I'm not qualified. Those are the super spiritual people. And then it's not just about singing. It's about spiritually leading. Like that standing in that place Mm. is, is an odd place to stand, right? You know, you're, you know, it's people are looking at you. You have this preconceived idea from before you were standing in that spot. And then you're starting to recognize that there is something other happening here. How do I spiritually discern? How do I spiritually lead? How do I be present with the Lord, but also present with the room, right? Uh So how did you navigate? Like now you said you asked questions, but what was that like? You know, you were young, you know, that's a lot. And I think a lot of people, especially in the last 10 years or so of worship culture, worship industry kind of becoming so uh, prevalent, you know, social media that there's a lot of young people that aspire to be a be a worship pastor, but yeah, you recognize mm. what that is, you know, and what what that requires and what it what you're navigating. So how was that for you, like taking that journey? Yeah, it was super vulnerable and really hard. Yeah. 
Uh, I, it's so funny. I have like videos of from the first time I ever worship led and I am look so uncomfortable. Like, <laughs> yeah, it is so cringy. And I'm like, Oh, I just want to save that girl. Like, I just <laughs> I want to save you. Oh, oh honey. Like, come here. Just come here. Yeah. Uh, but, uh, I think it's, um, it was honestly a huge, huge part of it. There are two things. A huge part of it was just doing it over and over and over again, no matter how uncomfortable I felt, no matter how unworthy I felt, yeah, I was like, good. I, I'm going to do this. Like I'm going to lunge myself. Cause I think the more that I did it, the more that fear and those thoughts shed off. Yeah. And it's like, cause you're entering into the presence literally. Right. So it has no choice, but to because just... it's less, it was less and less about you. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. And I think the more encounters I had with him through worship, Mm -hmm. I was like, oh, this is, this is way, way bigger than me just singing a song or me looking good or sounding good. And I think another thing was that during that time, my like prayer life with the Lord Mm. grew exponentially. Um, uh, just because I, I, I just was like, all right. Cause I was like, I want to hear from you, like, mm. like in life from the stage and from all those things. And it's like, I had heard teachings from all these worship leaders that were like, well, like if you learn how to cultivate a relationship with the Lord off of the stage, not just trying to, you can't do that from the stage. Like that's, yeah, it's good. Um, and so just learning like, oh, I need to cultivate this relationship with the Lord, uh, in my daily life. Yeah. So that his voice is the loudest thing that I will always hear. Like, you yeah, know, it's good. I'm still working on that always, but it's like, I think that w- those were like the two things that like really helped me to kind of like leave that mindset behind. Yeah. Like, and it's like, when you read the word, it's like all of these people that the Lord called <laughs> and like to, to literally like share the gospel and like, to prophesy, to prophesy like his coming and all these different things. Like they weren't all the best people. And I'm right. like, you know, and I'm like, Oh, I like feel better. Cause <laughs> I'm like, Oh, David, you're human too. Like, yeah, Paul, you're so human. Like we're, you know, it's like, yeah, so good. And it makes you feel like, Oh, okay. Like the Lord is the person that qualifies me and makes me worthy of to do this. And so, yeah. yeah. So good. When I heard you share your story on, um, I think it's called the Nehemiah podcast. You shared a story about getting a job at a bakery. <laughs> and I love that story. Can you share that really quick? Cause I yeah. just thought it was awesome. So this is back in 2020. I had just gotten a job right out of college and I'd been working there for three months. One day I go into work and the Lord whispers to me, he's like, Zaria, they're going to let you go. <laughs> Thanks. And I was like, are you kidding me? Cause in my mind, sometimes <laughs> I'm like, no, I like, don't, I don't accept that for my life. Like, no. Yeah. And <laughs> I had gotten a text message to, uh, meet in like a boardroom or whatever. And I get there and they let me go. I'm like bawling my eyes out. I'm like, what oh. the heck Lord? Um, and I'm just like, all right, like you said, this was going to happen. So fine. He said, I don't want you to look for a job until I tell you to. So you, you're telling me I lost my job. Right. Now you're telling me to not look for another job. We're in the middle of a pandemic. 
and it's 2020. And yeah. I'm like, are you kidding me? So it was just a huge combination. And so uh, for four months, I sat and did nothing. It was four months. And I just sat with the Lord and like did what he had me to do for those four months and just like getting to know him more in different ways. Yeah. And then uh, one day I was like, Lord, I think I'm ready to work because like, this is ridiculous. Like I can't wait this much longer. And so yeah. there's a coffee shop here in town, which I'm still a baker at very part-time. Nice. Uh, they had a job opening for a baker. I was like, Oh, okay. And the Lord was like, that's your job. And I was like, no, 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 no. Are you <laughs> kidding me? I've graduated with a four-year degree. Yeah. And you're telling me to take this job. And the Lord's like, yep. And so it took everything in me, but I took that job and mm. which is so cool because I've met one of my like most dearest friends mm. ever. Who's my boss. But also the Lord was like, I want to teach you about process mm. and, and how to not rush. He was like, mm, it's good. It was so hard. Cause I was like, are you kidding me? Like there are days I did not want to go in Yeah, uh, with all my heart and the Lord I'd be like kneading dough and he's like, I'm teaching you process. And I'm like, I don't want to learn process. This is painful. <laughs> yeah. Like there are days it's where good. I would literally be sitting around waiting for dough to rise. Hmm. And the Lord's like, I'm teaching you process. And he just kept saying that over and over and over hmm. again. And yeah. So that's kind of like the story yeah, it's behind so good. Like that job, which has yeah. been super cool. I don't think we even live in a time in history that people can be patient for process. <laughs> you know what I mean? I mean, there's just, I mean, you can't even sit down for five minutes in a waiting room without grabbing your phone and scrolling and yeah. looking and, and answering email or checking texts or doing something. Like I read, a, there's a book I really want to do a podcast with her. Her name's Jenny Black and she has this teeny little, teeny little book, um, like how to be human in a digital world. And mm. she talks about the loss of boredom. Wow. Uh -huh. And that boredom is actually necessary. Yeah. It, it gives us space for our brains to like recalibrate. It gives wow. us space to actually maybe process something that we didn't allow ourselves to process, but we're in a season right now where, you know, you go stand in line at the DMV, you're not just standing in line. You've got a phone, you've got, a, you know, the web, you yeah. know, the internet, you've got so many things. And so that's so sweet of the Lord to so lovingly <laughs> kind of go, Hey, yeah, no, over here, over here, yeah. get your butt in the kitchen. We're going to have a little lesson time. <laughs> Yeah. You know? And I'm like, That's are you cool. kidding me? And I'd never baked in my life before that job. <laughs> That's awesome. Didn't know why I'm did they hire you? I, Jesus. Yeah, Jesus. The only thing I, it, me and my friends still laugh about this till this day. She was like, in my interview, she was like, do you know how to follow instructions? Hmm. And I was like, yeah. And she was like, can you learn easily? I was like, yeah, I think so. She was like, okay, you're hired. That's crazy. So yeah. you're still, you're still baking once in a while. Yeah. Once in a while, I have a shift like once a week now, uh, just to keep it, uh, cause I think it's just a good, uh, thing to like go back to like, yeah, oh, it's good this is life. This That's is good. It's good. So, and you're leading worship in Texas and yes. you end up getting the call to come out. So what was that story? Oh gosh. That was such a process. In Lubbock, Texas, there's an organization called Blue Jay House. 
Mm-hmm. And I've been a part of that for like the past year now, just kind of like being involved with it. That's basically kind of how Bethel had found me was through Blue Jay, like the videos. But then also- So is it Blue Jay House is a worship collective kind of- uh, Basically, yes. Yeah. It's where like a bunch of worship leaders from like all over, like great and small, like it doesn't matter who you are. Like yeah, we just kind of ask the Lord like- who would you have us invite to this? Mm-hmm. And we all come together and worship and it's the best time ever. Yeah. And so uh, that's kind of how I had like somewhat of my first introduction to anyone from Bethel, which was David Funk. Mm-hmm. Uh, I had led, it, my first time meeting him was like basically leading worship with him. And so it was just so cool now. Looking yeah. back. Uh, but yeah. So from there, uh, one of my videos like went through the office at Bethel music office and they were like, we want to meet her like mm-hmm. and get to know her. And so that's basically how they invited me out. Yeah. To Reading, which I was like, are you kidding me right now? Cause mean in the meantime, I, I had still working this baking job amongst like other jobs I also had yeah, and being like, how is this even happening, Lord? Like this was not on my radar at all. Yeah. It was just like boom. Well, um, that's probably why it was happening. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know? like, there's all those people where it is on their radar and they're all over the place. Yeah. You know? And then God's like, yeah, actually, over here. It really is so true. I'm like, I just the Lord is like, yeah, just follow me. That's all yeah, I need that's good. To follow. Uh, which is his word is true. Seek ye first mm-hmm. the kingdom of God and all these things will be added unto you. Not yeah. that I thought that what would be added unto me would be that. Like, you right. know, like, but it's just like, holy cow. Like all I was doing was just what the Lord told me to do. Uh, well, and isn't it cool though? Because it's like when you can let go of prescribing yes. what wow. is going to be added and you can yeah. actually surrender and have expectation without trying to dictate what it needs to look like, then what God does bring is so much sweeter than my ideas or my visions or purposes, you know, it's so good. Yeah. About a year ago, I wanted to go to worship school so badly, Mm -hmm. so bad. And I was like, I literally can't afford to go. Like there's no way. And it's so crazy. It's been so sweet because the thought I've always had was, uh, this is better than anything I could have like planned, tried to put together, tried to like fight my way. It is like, and it's so crazy because my first event as a Bethel music artist was worship school. Mm -hmm. And I not only got to attend it, but I also got to be a part of it. And it's like, that's good. What in the world? It's, uh, it is so much better every time I'm like, cause in my mind I was like, Oh, I, I'm just gonna like write songs on my own. If anything happens with them, great. Or yeah. I'm just going to lead worship and do this. And he's like, no, I have like, I'm going to, I gave you that desire, but now I'm going to show you like what to do with that. Yeah. Like desire. He's like, I'm going to show you my desire Yeah, uh-huh. for you. Exactly. You know, not just fulfill your desire for you. Yeah. And his desire for us is always so much bigger, so much more loving. Yes. So much kinder. So, you know, like so intentional. So intentional. I'm like, ah, like down to the the most small, small, like detail. He is just like, 
Hey, I, I heard that prayer. Yeah. I saw that thought. I saw it like, and I'm yeah. like, what? That's so, awesome. Yeah. So here you are. So, you know, fast forward, you're there and God's placed you and it's the beginning of your journey, which yeah. is sweet. And, um, back to life is the song that you wrote on the homecoming project, right? I didn't actually write it. Oh, you didn't. Oh, okay. I am a writer on it though. Okay. Yeah. That is a crazy story in itself, but (laughs) yeah. Brian Johnson, Phil Wickham, Chris Davenport, Reuben Morgan, they all got together and wrote this song. Nice. They are all, they're just great songwriters. I have not met all of them, but at the recording, I we I recorded back to life, and then the small part at the end that's like the enemy thought he had me. Yeah, that was actually a spontaneous moment that I did not plan. The Lord just dropped it, and I was like, "Okay," and so I just (laughs) sing it. And uh, Brian was like, "Hey, I really feel like this is actually a part of the song." And so he was like, you're going to be a writer on the song, basically. Oh, that's cool. And I was like, what in the world? Uh, and so, yeah, it was like super, super cool how all of that. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. Well, that's very gracious of him and cool of him yeah. to to do that, you know, because, yeah. you know, he didn't have to, no. you know. No, not <laughs> like, at all. They could not have just all. tagged and spontaneous. No, literally. <laughs> literally and I was like what and so it just yeah he it just shows me like the generosity of the Lord through yeah that's good oh that's so good that's fun uh side note fun fact so when I was 12 my parents weren't married my mom was a cocktail waitress my dad was a lounge singer not believers I actually grew up sort of similarly in that my grandparents went to the Lutheran church. So I went uh-huh. to the like Lutheran church and the yes. you know confirmation and all that stuff. Uh-huh. But then my mom's best friend got saved, quit her job, invited my mom to church. My mom said, no, asked permission to invite me to church. And my mom said, yes. And so she came and took me to church. This is the tail end of the Jesus movement. Oh, and we got there during worship and John and Lisa Wickham, Phil's parents were leading worship. And I walked in at 12 years old and I was like, what, what is happening? Like, I just knew that there was something relational happening. Like I didn't know what, but I was like, I'm in, can you pick me up next week? (laughs) Can I come? Do you go, you go on Wednesday? I'll come on Wednesday. (laughs) I was just like, I'm in, I'm in. That's amazing. And that crazy, but yeah, Uh, it's kind of, kind of funny. So Back to you. <laughs> oh, you're fine. That's amazing. <laughs> Isn't that funny? I love hearing those stories because it's just blows yeah. my mind. Yeah. The world gets smaller. Smaller. Yeah. Yeah. And it was literally, they were, it was an old, the old North Park Theater in San Diego. And John was playing acoustic guitar and it was the two of them singing. And that is yeah, just God moving in crazy cool ways and, oh. you know, Holy Spirit all over the place. And yeah, it was beautiful. Yeah. So, yeah. So God taught you this lesson about process. Yeah. He plucked you and drops you into the middle of this world, this kind of worship Mecca universe. Yeah. What's God teaching you in that place? Like, yeah. (laughs) Because I'm really 
in the thick of it right now. Yeah. Oh gosh. It's not as easy as it looks. Hmm. I think uh, even for me, like when, when I was on the outside, which I still feel like I'm still digging and learning about everything yeah. uh, and like the lives of the people, but I'm like, it is, uh, it's not as easy as you would believe. I, uh, Stephanie Gretzinger had always said, Albums are like altars mm, that we set before the Lord. Yeah. And we like let him breathe on it and things like that. And uh, and I was, I had talked with Alyssa Smith because I was like, I love your album, da, 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 and was just like, and this was after I'd signed and, and like kind of was learning about how you put together these things. Mm-hmm. And it hurt. That was like the first album I had listened to from that perspective of like, yeah whoa yeah something died Hmm. for you to like put that on the altar like you literally took something from yourself and you're like lord this is yours Mm -hmm. i need you to breathe on it and it moved me so deeply and i think i've understood that concept so much more of like oh like the lord breathes on these things because these people are laying down huge parts of themselves of like, and, and, and asking the Lord, like, search me and know me and like, yeah, where, what is, whatever is in me, that's not of you show it to me. And it's like, and to live, to live from that place Mm -hmm. is like, wow. I'm like, I, and it makes so much sense as to why there's these songs that move us so deeply. Yeah. Because it's like, these people have actually like, lived in that place like yeah and it's amazing so mm. that's kind of like one thing I've kind of started to learn uh, yeah. as I've been put here so yeah well and I think it's living in that place in front of the world yeah uh-huh. you know like that's that's a whole nother animal yeah. right uh-huh. like you you went from being on this this side in a way and and not and there shouldn't be sides and that's the weird thing about yeah just the world we live in and how we kind of lift up certain things and all that and that's that's a whole nother conversation but it's like you kind of give whether it's in a small church or a big church or on a huge platform we we tend to kind of put us here and that person there and we kind of create all these hierarchies and paradigms right and so I have these preconceived ideas and not recognizing that that person who's Mm -hmm. saying that carrying that singing that yeah it has the same insecurities and struggles they've they have their own family of origin they've walked this journey with Jesus they've been through loss and heartache and probably trauma they've had victory they've had failing and here they are trying to be true to who they are and who Jesus is to them and they're bringing the most vulnerable part of themselves and that intimacy Ah. and they're actually now serving it as an invitation for someone else to, yeah. to, to taste of, right. And what a crazy vulnerable uh-huh. place to be. And then to do it in the scrutiny of just being now it's in the public. Right. You know, and that's, that seems like, I mean, that's a very fragile thing. Right. 
Yeah. So like, how do you reconcile, like being able to stand there in that, like, yeah, <laughs> vulnerable, oh. vulnerable place, you know? And I, you know, I think you, you mentioned, you did, you mentioned earlier, like that, that you need to cultivate that on your own so that yeah. you can stand in that place. So what does that look like for you? Like how, mm-hmm. how do you reconcile those things and how do you just kind of guard your own heart and yeah. protect your own intimacy with Jesus so that you can stand yeah. where he's placed you, right? Um, <laughs> this is so good. Uh, I, I have, I'm actually like learning this, how mm. this works, but I'm learning it's okay to be a mess and yeah, it's okay it's to lose my crap. Like it really, <laughs> it's okay. Like right? it's fine. Like it's not something that needs to be this like treasured thing. Yeah. Like, well, and shouldn't God be the safest place to yes, lose your crap? Exactly. <laughs> I mean, really? You know? And it's, yeah. And it's like, I've, I've uh, built up this wall that's still being knocked down. Mm. Uh, and of like, okay, Lord, I'm like going to bring you everything that I want to bring you. Yeah. <laughs> and that is, <laughs> that is a rough place to be because then I find myself emotionally conflicted. And it's so funny. I have, I had actually reached a place where I felt ashamed to go to the Lord. Mm. Like, oh, I'm like ashamed to like give you this pain. I'm ashamed to like mm-hmm. cry. I'm ashamed to do this. And it was like, why am I ashamed? Like, this is the person, this is the one person that can heal me. Yeah, the one person that good. can come in and fix this. And it's like, uh, it is, it is kind of like, uh, I'm breaking off this, this thought process of like, because I am this, I need to be this way. Yeah. Or, that's good. Like, I, I, I just can't do that. And I can't live under this weight and this pressure mm-hmm. of like me trying to fulfill this expectation that everyone else is want that. And also some, most of the time there are people that aren't even trying to put that expectation on me. It's yeah. me that's conquered up that reality of yeah, like, it's good. they're putting this on me when really like <clears throat> those people haven't done that. Right. Yeah. Like, <laughs> it's me and it's yeah. and it and it runs in this cycle of shame. Yeah. I'm like I'm ashamed. So then like I think people are I need to like do this to make sure that I don't get back to this place and it's like no 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 no. Like yeah. I'm learning how to live from this place of knowing I am loved regardless of anything I produce. Yeah, it's good. Like that is <laughs> yeah. there's I was reading a verse the other day in Psalms and uh, I think it's like 50, 50, 51. And it was like talking about like the Lord is like, I don't desire like your performance. I don't desire yeah. this. I desire the contents of your heart mm-hmm. and for your yeah. heart to be spilled out before me. That is what I desire, not yeah. what you think. And the yeah. Lord just keeps reminding me like at the end of the day, you're my daughter. That's yeah. it. You're not Zaria from Bethel Music. Like those things are your calling and what you love to do. At the end of the day, it's if all of that was gone, yeah, you would be a daughter, and that's who you are, and that's yeah. the foundation of of all of this. And so, yeah, that's just yeah, learning that. Yeah, yeah. and I think you know, I think that's a a lesson we're learning 
for the rest of our lives to a certain degree, right? You know, it's layers, you know, you you learn it this deep and then he's like, okay, a little bit, let's go a little deeper. (laughs) It's just a little deeper, but it's his love, his loving kindness that takes us as far as we can go now. And then, you know, and he brings us a little farther and he's like, okay, Uh now a little bit more, but yeah, you hit the nail on the head. It's, you know, he, it's not your gift that he desires. It's you. Uh-huh. You know, the gift is for you. Yeah. Right. Which is a whole nother, like, wait, what? You know, but it's yeah. for you. And through that gift, you glorify him. Uh, but yeah. he doesn't give you a gift so that you can wrap it and put it back in his hand. Wow. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's for you. You know what I mean? It's like when, as a parent, when your children are little, you get them gifts and you want to watch them play. You want to watch yeah. them kind of daddy, look, I can do this, you know, and like, and bring that joy and that pleasure and that delight back into his presence. And it's an expression of love, right? It's that expression of love and intimacy and adoration and relationship. It's not about performance, right? And it's, uh, yeah, so, so good. Yeah. I, that gives me a thought of, um, one, one time Melissa, Melissa Elser was like teaching us and she was said, she said, uh, we aren't crank up toys. Yeah, right. So good. And I was like, what? And I, it, it just broke something off of my mind. Mm, I'm like, good. she was like, you aren't a crank up toy that you just crank up and you're like, Lord, use me for your glory Yeah, and throw you up on stage. And I'm like, whoa, she was like, you, she was like, we can't ignore the pain of our lives and like, say like, oh Lord, use me for your glory. I'm yeah, coming that's good. And I'm like, Oh, and it like takes this weight off of you Mm -hmm. of you're like, Oh, like you, like, of course you want like me, you want to use me for your glory, but like not in the capacity that I have always thought. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, like, and and (laughs) honestly, he's, he's so much more gracious when I look at him that way of like, yeah, so much more kind. He's not this like, tyrant from up there like you better worship me yeah you better like be used for my glory like never like he's just like oh what an honor that you would like use what I would give you to like further my kingdom and to further my name and like yeah to love on me most of all and it's like when I shift that perspective I'm like oh so then it is easier to bring the you know the crap and the yeah messy parts. It's so much easier yeah, when I good. see him from that way. So yeah. Yeah. So good. Yeah. I did an interview with Zach Neese. He's at Gateway. Um, oh. and he wrote that book, how to worship a King. Uh-huh. And we had a great conversation. Like he dropped so many bombs. I was like, oh, I write that down. <laughs> but, um, at one point he talked about, and some of it's semantics, because like you said, you know, we, we like to say, Lord, use me. I want you to use me. I want you to use my gifts. I want you to use me. And he said, and, and the Lord convicted him on that. The Holy spirit convicted him and said, you know, Zach, I don't want to use you. Tools are to be used and discarded when they're no longer useful. Wow. I want to know you. Oh, and it was like that whole thing. And again, it's not wrong to say, Lord, use me. I, the intent is understandable, but it, it feeds that works based. Uh, I need to prove yeah. something. I need to be uh, like the prodigal son. It's like, well, let me just wash the dishes. Then, then if I wash the dishes, then I, uh, I have permission to stay. 
Uh-huh. And the, the love of the father in the invitation uh-huh. is you, I've invited you to come close yeah. You, yeah. that, that you don't, I have servants for that. Yeah. I want you here. Right. Oh, wow. And that's that, that's that thing that I think human nature it's, we just, we have the hardest time receiving that. Uh, and I think it's a lifelong it pursuit, right. Of yeah. believing and trusting and shedding the shame and shedding the, the yeah. need to prove worth and all those things and, and getting that much closer to resting in exactly. his presence, get that much closer to trusting our identity uh-huh. as sons and daughters and receiving his love. Right. Yeah. Crazy. Oh, Crazy. That's so cool. So good. That's so yeah. good. That's yeah. so true. Yes. I Aww. love that. Well, Zaria, uh, thanks for hanging out with me. No problem. You're a joy. Aww. And um, God bless you and your heart. It's your voice and your understanding of who Jesus is and your ability to hear him are, are beyond your years. He's <laughs> <laughs> like, you say here, talk, talk to you. You have like, there's so much depth and breadth in your voice when you worship, wow. like just from tone to authority, it's kind of all there, you know, wow. it's just really powerful and weighty, but also just who you are. I know a lot of people in their fifties who know Jesus, who would have a very hard time hearing the Lord say, I want you to get a job at a bakery and I want you to learn process Wow, and be willing to risk saying, okay, and taking that step of faith. And so as you journey, as you move forward, and as you say, yes, um, I just bless you and pray for God to meet you every step that he would protect you and guard you, um, your heart and your mind in him, that you would have peace and joy, uh, and just delight in his presence and enjoy his delight in you as his girl and, um, just sit back and watch him move. And whether that's on a stage Uh or that's putting cookies in a basket on the counter Uh at the, you know what I mean? Like the miraculous comes in the most mundane of things and the most extravagant of things. Right. And so God bless you as you represent him in all those places. And uh, yeah, thanks for being here. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. This is so awesome. It's blessed me a lot. So thank you. Well, before we go, I just want to sit with this idea of obedience. What does it look like to be obedient to the promptings of the Lord the things that he's asking of us. Zaria, at such a young age, has a significant ability and depth and breadth in her to recognize the voice of the Lord and to say yes. And I wonder how many of us do that, myself included. I think it could be anything from a nudge when we're busy and a hectic day to just stop and be in God's presence and to pray a nudge to have a conversation with someone to stop long enough to see them maybe to pray for them 
to walk up maybe to a stranger on the street and encourage them. What are the things the Lord nudges us, invites us into that we dismiss? Those are the little things. How often is the Lord inviting us to bigger things, to deeper things? To say, you know what? I don't want you to work for the next four months. I want you to spend time with me. Or I want you to quit this job. Or I want you to take this job. I want you to take a huge step of faith and trust me to be your God. You know... Someone doesn't need to be in their 40s, 50s, or 60s with a seminary degree for us to learn something (laughs) from them. And uh, I hope that you are encouraged and even challenged by Zaria's story and her willingness to trust God at his word. And then the beauty of his love for her and his love for you that his plans are always so much better than ours. So, Father, in Jesus' name, we just want to be obedient to you, Lord. We want to be attentive to you. We don't want to be so busy that we don't have ears to hear you. We don't want to be so fearful that We ignore those promptings and those invitations. Lord, give us capacity to receive the invitation that you're extending to us, whatever it may be. Knowing that you're the God who meets us step by step. You're the light to our feet, the lamp to our path. And you meet us You bring provision and your presence every step of the way. Thank you for your love for us. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, I hope that you enjoyed this episode of the Sacred Space Podcast. And if you want to check out Homecoming by Bethel that Zaria is on, you can click the link in the episode notes. Also, you can follow her on Instagram. You can click her link there as well and her Facebook link. If you would like to support the production of this podcast and other projects by Stockton Ministries, you can click the donate button in the episode notes or go to our website, GinaStockton.com or StocktonMinistries.com. Click the donate button in the top right hand corner. And a quick reminder if you haven't already, click the link in the episode notes to fill out a little survey so you could speak into some of the topics and guests that we have in season five. I hope that you know that you are seen, that you are known, and that you are loved. Have an amazing week, and we will see you next time in the sacred space.